Hello and welcome to the April 2022 episode of The Seagull. The Seagull is the place to stay up to date on everything you need to know about the 102nd Intelligence Wing at Otis Air National Guard Base, right here from beautiful Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I'm Tim Sandlin from the Public Affairs Office, and I will get you up to speed on what's going on here at the Wing. April is here. The snow and freezing rain of winter has made way for the mud and still relatively cold rain of spring. It won't be long before the flowers are blooming and the birds are singing, so be patient. A partnership between several 102nd Intelligence Wing agencies has resulted in the establishment of a space for Wing personnel to relax, reconnect, and recharge. The new space has been dubbed the Zen Den. Envisioned by the staff from the Airmen and Family Readiness Center, Office of Financial Readiness, Director of Psychological Health, the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program, and the Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Coordinator, the Zen Den is available to all who would like to find a place to reset. No appointment is needed. Just drop by Building 170. Anytime during normal business hours, supervisors, first sergeants, and others can coordinate small group visits also. Stay tuned for an interview with the Zen Den crew coming up later in this podcast. So what else is in this episode of The Seagull? Well, this month we've got five questions with Miss Jackie Tellier. Before she retired a few months ago, Jackie spent a few minutes speaking with me about the Sexual Assault Prevention Program. With April being Sapper Month, it's definitely worth a listen. We also have a bit of April Air Force history as we hear about some airmen of note. We finish off with a clip from the latest episode of Chevron's. But first, in this month's command message, Colonel Tim Gordon, Vice Commander of the 102nd, talks about the Salem muster and also shares his thoughts about the month of the military child. Greetings, I'm Colonel Tim Gordon, Vice Wing Commander of the 102nd, wishing you a happy April. Spring's finally here, right? And although it's been really cold this past week, it's safe to say we made it through the winter and the promise of warm weather is upon us. Today I'm gonna touch upon two topics, our National Guard heritage and our military children, both having special recognition in the month of April. First, a little history about our National Guard lineage as the nation's first. In 1636, the General Court of the Massachusetts Bay Colony ordered that the colony's militia be organized into three regiments, the North, the South, and the East Regiments. All males between the age of 16 and 60 from that day forward were required to bear arms and participate in the community's defense. In the next year, 1637, the East Regiment officially mustered for the first time in the town of Salem. This event marked the birth of the National Guard. Each year, the Salem muster serves to honor the first muster with a ceremony conducted by service members, veterans, and community supporters. This year marks the 385th muster. On April 9th, next Saturday, a group of airmen from the 102nd will be joining fellow airmen from the 104th, as well as hundreds of soldiers from the Massachusetts Army Guard to, to, to participate in the Salem muster. If you'd like to join us in Salem, reach out to your first sergeant or your senior enlisted leader for more details. Our history as the nation's first is a tremendous source of pride for all of us and it's something we should cherish as members of the Massachusetts National Guard. Another source of unparalleled pride is the pride we have in our children. In April, we recognize military children. 
There are more than 1.6 million of them who face many challenges and unique experiences as a result of their parents' service. As we serve at home and abroad, the challenges and sacrifices made by our children are often overlooked. The month of April serves as a reminder for us. Right from birth, military kids sometimes endure long separations from their parents, miss birthdays, holidays, school plays, after-school sporting events. All these things can impact their lives significantly. The strength of our military comes not just from those of us who serve, but also from all the loved ones that support them. So although we have many obligations as part of our service, the most heartfelt is that to our children. Give them an extra hug and make sure they know they are appreciated for their sacrifice, because we couldn't do what we do without them. With that, I thank you for your time, your service to our wing, and I hope you have a great RSD. Hello and welcome to another episode of Five Questions, where we invite subject matter experts to come in and provide timely information about topics relevant to our airmen's careers, lives, as well as the wing's mission. This month, we have Miss Ch Jackie Tellier uh, with us. Jackie is the 102nd Intelligence Wing Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Program Manager, commonly known as the SARC. Thanks for coming on the program, and are you ready for five questions? Yes, I am, Tim. Thanks so much. Sure. So question number one. What is a Sexual Assault Response Coordinator, or SARC? Okay. Um, first, we manage the program for the wing, and uh, we handle all sexual assault reports that come in, whether they be restricted or unrestricted reports. We su uh, support victims of sexual assault, otherwise known as survivors, huh. and we provide services, and we also refer them out for uh, other services in the community. Question number two, who is eligible for SAPR support services? Any National Guard member and also um, civilians included and also spouses, spouses of active duty or military members are also supported by the SAPR program. If you're a civilian and you have a spouse who is, who is also is assaulted, then that person as well can be supported by myself and the team. So you basically take care of the whole unit family. We do. That's we great. Do, yes. That's great. Now, there is a caveat there. Mm. If a dependent is under the age of 18, then that is handled in another department. I see. But sure. we handle anyone's 18 years or older. And folks can at least ask, you they know, can. For, for assistance, and you can point them in the right direction they if you're can. not the person. Okay, great. Yes. Uh, question number three. What is a Sapper Victim Advocate, or a VA? Okay. We call them uh, volunteer victim advocates because okay. they volunteer. They, they normally do their full-time job, and then they volunteer for this extra duty. They go through a 40-hour training program. They um, do continuing education credits. They get trained up, and they actually um, they man the 24-7 on-call phone for the 102nd. Um, they respond to anyone who has questions or sexual assault-related inquiries. Um, also, um, they will support a victim if the victim chooses to have a victim advocate by, themself, by, them sure. si by their sides. Excuse me. They sound like a very important part of the program. Extremely. They follow a code of ethics. They, um, they are 
bound to and obligated to remain confidential. And um, they are there for support 24-7. That's great. Question number four. How does someone report sexual assault? What's the different methods and how do they differ? Okay, so um, thanks for that question. Um, If someone has been sexually assaulted or they think they may have been, um, or they know of someone who has been, that can be reported to myself, the sexual assault response coordinator, or the volunteer victim advocate, or what we have here in, at the, the wing is we also have an alternate SARC. Mm-hmm. And anyone can come forward and make a report, and they have different options. They have restricted reporting, and they have unrestricted reporting. Unrestricted reporting, the the report goes up and goes up through the command, and an investigation um, goes forward on that. Um, the restricted report, on the other hand, very few people can know about it, and it does not get investigated. It does not get reported to the command. Uh, they the victim will often say, well, what's the difference and why would I want to um, keep it restricted? Why would I re- report it if I keep it restricted, if it's the command's not going to know right. about it? It's because when someone is sexually assaulted, this is a crime, and this is it's a heinous crime. Right. It's traumatic for the person, and the person will want support. And also, if you, you find that, in fact, that if a person does not get the support that they need, over time, this is very difficult for them. They get triggered and re-triggered by different events in their life. So um, a lot of times they come f- to me, they, they say, I want a restricted report because I want some counseling, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I want the support services that I need, and I still want to remain confidential and not have it report- reported to the command. So if I were to use the term on the record or off the record, would you say restricted is off the record? It's kind of, but it's it's on a record, but it's kind of within the Sark's realm, but no further. Correct. So yeah, correct. What happens is, and when you come with a restricted report, you talk with me or you talk with a victim advocate. We talk about the incident a little bit. We don't get into real details unless the survivor wants to mm-hmm. talk about them. Um, but we have to know, in fact, was there a sexual assault, sure. that kind of thing. Um, and then we get them services, the services lined up, the referrals um, are there. Um, so um, it's sort of off the record, but in fact, like you mentioned, it is technically on the record because um, there is a, it's a case management, electronic case management system that we enter all the mm-hmm. information into to record the sexual assault. Now, kind of along that line, if someone reported something and they weren't sure and they opted to do a restricted, they could change it to an unrestricted, They can change it to an unrestricted at any time. Years later, they can do that as well. It's just not as, it wouldn't work the other way because obviously... Yeah, there is a new update on that um, with unrestricted... cases and um, what happens is you still can have a restricted report but if you go to 
the command and you happen to tell them about the incident, you can still opt out of an unrestricted report. I see. So it's a little bit, it's a different caveat now and it's changing a little bit. And I think this is because they don't want people to be fearful of coming forward and still getting the support they need if they happen to say it to the chain of command or they happen to mention it. They still can get their support and they still don't have to have it investigated. Nor do, or they don't have to, excuse me, they don't have to be involved in the investigation. If the command hears about it, the investigation will likely go forward with witness, if there are witnesses in, in particular. But um, the survivor can't really be compelled to this, that's participate. Right. You can never make the survivor yeah. participate in anything. And in fact, if somebody comes to me and says, I want a restricted report, and we open a case, they can say, you know what? I don't want anything from you right now. And they can just decide to opt out of everything. And that's how it sort of works. Wow. Okay. Um, question number five. What other resources are available for a survivor of sexual assault? Okay. So there are a set, um, sort of a standard set of options that we offer. And then there, there are other things as well. But one of the things that we offer right away is do they want a volunteer victim advocate to work with? Do they want them for support? The other thing is, a big thing, is the, uh, the Special Victims Council, SVC. And that is actually a, a National Guard lawyer who's been trained to specifically support victims or survivors of sexual assault. And that particular person will be an advocate, a legal advocate for the individual. Um, they cannot go and represent them in court, but they can absolutely be the um, sort of the uh, conduit for information and to support the person as they deal with the legal system, as they deal with the investigation that kind of thing. That's a big plus because where where can you get a free lawyer when you become right. a victim of a crime? Would that attorney still does it does the restricted or unrestricted come into play with that or in fact you can have a special victims counsel whether you have a restricted or unrestricted report. That's good to know. And the reason why is because if it's a great thing someone with a restricted report can even ask them questions about, hey, maybe I'm on the fence about whether or not I'll go res unrestricted. Maybe there was some collateral misconduct or questions of it. Sure. And so they would talk to the lawyer about that. Oh, that's good to know. I hadn't heard that term before. Yeah, that, that's really helpful. That's great. Um, oh, the other services too, Tim, oh, if yeah. I may add. Sure, of course. Okay, so... Um, there are um, the local rape crisis center, mm -hmm. the, um, the chaplain could be um, a support, the DP DPH for uh, the National Guard, sure. which would, our own Jill Garvin is available for that, for support. Um, question, having been career military myself, and when a, when a supervisor, an NCO, a senior NCO, hears about something and they're obligated in many ways to come forward and say, hey, look, this happened, go to their leadership, 
and say, look, I've heard about this or that or the other thing. Um, what advice would you have in terms of someone approaching their supervisor, for an example, to say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. yes, this happened to me. Um, w- w- you know, it, are they... Again, I think I mentioned that a little bit earlier, that, yeah. that some of the rules are changing. Yeah. And um, so if they go to their supervisor to get help, and they, they still have an option not to get involved in an unrestricted report, right. um, they can still go to myself or a VA and say, hey, um, I want a restricted report. Now the command will not know about the restricted report, but we will still open the restricted report and support them, the victim. Um, I say, you know, when you're assaulted, and it's it's a very difficult time, and you need all the support you can get. Absolutely. And so, therefore, I say get as much support as you can so you can get the help to get through the difficult times. Good advice. Yeah, it's it's not an easy road to take. Well, is um, that's five questions. Is there anything you'd like to add? Is there anything uh, you'd like to make sure the airmen of the wing uh, are aware of? Yeah, just be aware that we're here for them, and um, we are here, and we're here to support and um, and provide help as much as we can along the way. you can always change your mind down the road mm-hmm. if you decide, especially if you decide you do not want to be involved in an investigation, you can always say no. Um, but the quicker you get help, the quicker your healing will begin. And and that's a plus. Um, I do want to say, though, that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm retiring, and we have a new alternate SAR covering and his name is Captain David Shepard, and he's here until a new SARC is hired. And hopefully by the time this airs, there will be a new SARC in place, and you can reach out to that person. In the meantime, reach out to a victim advocate on that helpline. The helpline is uh, 508-274-6839, or you can always call the DOD Safe Helpline. That's great. That's great. And yes, I was going to bring that up. Uh, uh, what folks should know is um, the day that we're recording this interview, it's mid-January 2022, and it's also your last day today. Yes. So I'm really happy that I was able to get you in the studio on your last day, Jackie. It's been a pleasure working with you over the uh, last few years, and Thanks, uh, and I wish you all the best. In, Thanks, Tim. In, I thank uh, you for all of your help over the years. Happy, happy to. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to going and enjoying some life with my husband and doing some fun things. That's great. So. That's great. I saw scuba diving on the list. Scuba diving, yes. That's, that's absolutely. Cool. I'm, that's cool. I'm an advanced diver, and I have a, over 150 dives. So that's, I, that's awesome. I'm a card-carrying diver myself. Oh, are you? Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> we love it. Fantastic. So, uh, again, thank you for coming on to Five Questions, and, and best of luck to you, Jackie. Thanks, Tim. Public Affairs spent some time with the crew down at the Zen Den to find out why they created this awesome space and also what they hope to achieve with it. And she loves your little... That thing, yeah. With the the purple one right there. 
So I'm already feeling relaxed. Is it working? Like it's ultra chill in here. Yes. It is working. Mm-hmm. That's and the intention. Yeah, so so with that said, you know, well, that was the intention. Yeah. <laughs> so how did, want how did people you, to relax. You wanted people to relax. And, to uh, zen out. Here in the Zen Den. The, so we could consider this kind of like Zen Den 101. Zen Den 101 is um, when you walk in that you are not necessarily in where you were before. So giving the availability for change because the light's different and the sounds are different and the smells are different. And then maybe what you walked out of, you can kind of leave behind a little bit easier. Yeah, and we see when people turn the corner and they enter the room, like you can physically see their faces and their bodies relax. It's true. And they're very surprised, like, this is the military room, <laughs> you know, like this is here. Well, I have and to say, just observing in the few minutes that I've been here, it is lacking one thing. Okay. Chaos. Hmm. Well said. I do like sitting here. So usually when we do a tour uh, and we show people everything, I like to be in the inner sanctum zen den to watch them. And as they come around the corner their face just drops. This is not what they're expecting. So it's, and then they just, after they get off that, they do. Their shoulders come down. Awesome last drill. Uh, We, you know, we had an open house and because it is such an inviting space, we had people that sat for five minutes and had coffee with us or played with the fidgets or sat here for a little bit. And then when they left, they definitely felt like they were in a better place, but it was really, it, it's been a great space for community and connecting with people for sure. Yeah, we had somebody walked in and they brought a wingman with them and they were just asking for some like random question, but then they ended up sitting down and then then we started talking to the wingman and then he had a question and then I went to go get Jen and then Jen came in and Debbie's like, what are you guys doing all over here? And so then, oh, I had a question for you. And then somebody else walked in. They're like, what are you guys all doing here? So, and we ended up getting a lot of information out. And with zero effort, it wasn't uncomfortable. And it wasn't saying, oh, I'm coming here for something. It was just, I'm just coming here and we're having a conversation. So, I, and I think that was really the moment I thought we had succeeded in yeah. our vision yeah, that we've been working on. And and then as we've watched it kind of grow and materialized, we've recognized like, that there are a lot of other things that we can do for our weanmen to, again, promote, promote connection. And we um, are going to start invite... We've started inviting different sections mm-hmm. for coffee not mandatory so our first one was uh, comptroller fight mm-hmm. light um last week and just an invite that we're sending to each one saying we appreciate you we'd like to thank you bring your lunch stop out for coffee you don't have to but the commander came down and some people from comptroller fight uh popped in and out mm-hmm. but we were all sitting here and just having regular conversations and again getting to know your people being in an environment that's very conducive to just 
relaxing and being yourself. It's been amazing to just see the transformation of, of energies and um, attitudes when people come in. Yeah. And we're going to do some other things in here, some other Zen-type groups. Just we really want people to use this space, and it allows us uh, to connect with people and to remind them what we do and what we're here for, and it makes it a little easier for people, I think, to ask for help if they're connected to us, you know? And we've gotten really disconnected, especially since COVID. Now the masks are off and everybody in and out of the military, we're all looking for ways to, to connect and to feel like we belong a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I've been looking at our numbers and there's so many clients for all different reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it, it's not that I don't think that there was those kind of issues or questions or concerns going on before. I just think that there was not just a physical barrier, but almost like an emotional barrier and not engaging in people. And, and you know, we, we couldn't really go by and say anything. But as we were just kind of hunkered, we just kind of kept our stuff. And now that we can unburden our stuff, that it's kind of nice to do that and say, oh yeah, okay, now that now that we're back to normal, let me get on top of this and let me get healthier in this aspect of my life or that aspect of my life. And doing it in a way that's really organic and just talking to them has, has been a real, you know, the paradigm shift from before COVID and after and how we want our, our life during, to be, you know? During. Yeah. In fact, do you have a catchphrase? What is it? I've got a catchphrase for you. Okay. You know, during COVID, we all had to hunker down. Emphasis on down. Like, ugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come to the Zen Den and hunker up. Hunker up? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, no. she doesn't like it. She no, doesn't no. like the word hunker. <laughs> <laughs> Come to hunker. the Zen Den and... So, okay, so Zen Den, and I know I've I said this, I don't know if I said it at all the brief, but when we were like powwowing to figure out the name of the Zen Den, we're all sitting around and, you know, we're just like throwing stuff out, like throwing spaghetti against the wall. And whatever sounded ridiculous. And there was like sheets and sheets of, you know, I don't like that word or I like this word or connectedness or harmony or, oh, that's too feminine, that's too masculine, that's too Not military. That's not, right, yeah. yeah. So so then Debbie Antel, who I love her, but I just didn't expect her to be the creative source of the inspiration, was like, well, let's look at, you know, Buddhist stuff. And I was like, that's a good idea, you know. There's some, there's some good stuff we can take out of that. And whenever we really did look up Zen in the Merriam-Webster and it came up with the non-logical paradox like the contemplation of non-logical paradoxes we were like done we're in <laughs> that's somewhat analytical sounding that was exactly the it was intentional yeah because a lot of people do come in and they're not really sure what and as you're talking to them it becomes a little bit more clear or they're doing their journey and you're kind of just watching them explore why, why did that happen what is this what is that and it's like uh, oh okay and i remember Super. thinking what are people gonna like i love the word sent in but again you know it's military we got a lot of acronyms and military language so i was really curious about the reaction yeah but the reaction's been amazing even during drill when we had the open house people were actually coming 
over because someone else told them about it. Mm-hmm. And and it is catchy, Zen Den. But people were coming over here because they heard about the Zen Den and the effect that it's it's having. So and that was really fun. If people are really funny about it, go to the Zen Den. Well, it raises a question. <laughs> you know, having been in the military for a long time and being part of a military organization, I have to question... You know, why not Zen bunker? Why not Zen, you know, base? Why not? I'm being funny, of course. Oh, okay. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, really. Not liking this. Zen. He really likes bunker and hunker. Have you noticed? Yeah. We got a theme going on here. He's stuck in Wordle and he can't figure yeah, out yeah, what yeah. the right answer is. That's the anti Zen Den. <laughs> um, oh, that is one thing. So we were talking about what we wanted to do. And we're, you know, oh, do we have groups talk? Do we have people come in? And one of them was board games. Oh. We're like, oh, we can do a board game, game well, day. You don't get enough of that on the internet. No, like interactive. <laughs> we don't get enough of it in person. person. Yeah. Yes. Good point. And for the listeners, she was just pointing at me. Yes, I have. You might <laughs> she was making her point. Point her finger. <laughs> yeah, we had somebody else talk the about doing Reiki tool. in here. <laughs> yeah. And just... We have... Um, yeah, we've come up with like a gazillion ideas. We can't wait to execute, but uh, we have Heroes in Transition coming on Tuesday, and they're going to come cool. in here. And they're an organization that does a lot for military and for the 102nd. And we're going to talk about they used to bring, they used to provide a yoga instructor before mm-hmm. COVID and some meditation. So we're actually going to talk about. Again, using the Zen Den and having having some opportunities for people to come and try some different mm-hmm. things to help their nervous system and their mood and their anxiety. Well, I have to say, you know, having a space like this is really great because in the nice weather, you know, in the spring, the summer, maybe a little bit of the fall, um, if you wanted to get away from it all for, you know, five minutes, half an hour or whatever... You could go outside, sit at a picnic table, but it's not always nice weather. You can't always get out of the office and go to... Yeah. What do you do? If you really need that time, you go to your car. What kind of fun is that? You know? Yeah. Well, and... It, it, yeah, it's it's still nice to have, like, those spaces, and it's yeah. definitely great to get outside. But one of the things I like about this space is because there are a few of us around, and it is bringing people in... It's, again, been a great way to just bring people together, make some connections, laugh. You know, I think that just in general, not just people here, but in general, a lot of people in the world with COVID and other things going on just have a a high level of anxiety. We all do. I I have it myself and really try to practice a lot of uh, tools and strategies so when people come in to stop by, you know, they feel comfortable and we're able to talk about those things, we're able to, to support them, and hopefully then people also want to come back and continue that connection. Right, Aaron? I Yeah, I, you know, I was just um, a thousand miles staring for the listeners. Because <laughs> it... It's really just super comfortable. So, you know, like my, my feet are up on the sofa and I've got the little background noise and um, I think the, the lighting's good. Yeah. It, it, and it's exactly what we want 
to do is, you know, pause. Yeah. And and listen to the way you were explaining your anxiety and how you manage and then I was contemplating my own anxiety and and how the workspace has helped with um our workflow mm-hmm. and then how we get things done and how we feel when we have a break mm-hmm. uh you know even just to go get coffee or go heat something up in the microwave or when we find somebody that, like walking in and then we we walk out to meet them and uh they're perusing the bookshelf or you know help them get a cup of coffee and just they want to be here and there's no rush and there's no like there's not a look like i need to get this done and i need to get out of here and i need to do this it's like oh well if I spend a little extra time here, it's more welcome. They're, then they kind of linger more. And I kind of feel that, like, in that, when you were talking, I just felt in that kind of lingery kind of mode. Like, yeah, yeah. And then this, you know, when uh, Jill first moved over to the, the group of offices in um, the proper room 122, it was full light and lots of busy and lots of lots of action and we were doing lots of stuff and um, and sometimes people didn't really know where to go and it was just you know not um, inviting. It didn't have yeah. the, we didn't have the time to put intention right. and and that's really why this does have so much because we spent a lot of time talking about it. What would make a lot of sense and to know that we've spent you know so long in this exact walled space with so many different feelings, having all the lights on and having it be so panicky and, and trashed and like stuff and no no space and storage. storage. And, um, <laughs> and then be like, oh, well, our days aren't like that anymore. Our days are uh, more organized and they're calmer. And it just, it makes it, I think, a better place for us and a better place for our clients and for us to deliver those services and... I think it's also been good for our whatever you want to call us resiliency team the helpers over here it's been good for us to also have the space to connect and to refuel and to have a little bit more available space for others because we have this and it's been fun like oh let's go in this engine and have lunch and it brings us together and mm-hmm. then we can help our members better, so it's been really good, I think, for our morale. So, um, is there anything that anyone can do for you for this space? Are, are you looking for any more furniture? Are you looking for any wall coverings or anything? Uh, hmm. uh, you know, inherently, there's people have stuff in their house that they're never going to use again. Are you looking for anything? I had just like a tapestry. A new. Yeah. Do you have a tapestry? I don't. Can you make one? I could. Okay. Oh, yes. um, I was looking for some extra books, oh. so some like um, inspirational books or some uh, psychoeducational, sociological mm-hmm. uh, kind of things because we added another bookshelf and um, just to have people be able to, to kind of peruse what we have around. And yeah, I think any kind of like nice wall, we still have wall space. Um, I would like to get some kind of, well, sometimes we do have sound. We'll put 
some nice relaxing meditation type music on or classical. Yeah. But I would like some kind of zen bowl, like a little, not a gong, but you know, like a little sound, a little sound element. I'm, I'm not Nothing sure. Nothing like a, a hammer hitting a brass plate. Not sure. That's, that's so calming. <laughs> no, we definitely don't want that. No, I'm just um, well, and you Tibetan know, some symbols. people have come in. Yeah. Like uh, Scott came in from IG and said, "You should have fidgets over here." And I was like, "Ah!" Oh. And, and out here in, in the Ooh. little lobby, everybody's been playing with them. Connor Riley was down here one day. He's like, "You should bring these to the stand up." Like he, everybody was like using them <laughs> with their hands and found it just kind of therapeutic like our friends yeah, the COVID doing. numbers went up 10 percent well I do have I do have uh, white wipes and spray um, but I would definitely like to get get some more fidgets and uh, yeah. th- therapy type balls and people could take those with them I did think about like some kind of sand tray which can get messy but there are some other little kind of zen type sure uh, zen type I don't know, materials or, or things that people can do with their hands that are therapeutic. Mm-hmm. They have like these, um, got one in my office, but it's, it's like a little round thing with the, it looks like a pen, but you kind of trace, looks like a maze. You mm-hmm. kind of trace it and that's very calming. Anything that might be calming. How about fish? I would worry that they would die. Oh. And we'd have to have a funeral. Okay. But, um, I don't know. I guess I'd be open to it. I'm just scared. I'm scared. Taking care of it. Well, Jill, I did buy the Taj Mahal of fish tanks for our. I had a concern when she had a fish. And so the chaplains had given me a fish that I inherited, and Jill had. This was we were back in one five eight, and Jill had said that I was torturing the fish by not giving it a large enough habitat. So I promised her when we got to building 170, I would buy the fish, the Taj Mahal of uh, fish tanks, which I did. And I got a fabulous, large, globy fish tank and spent lots of money to get it all pimped out. And it was all delighted full. And then it died. So too much space. (laughs) What about, although I really don't want a whole lot of electronics in here, but something like that, like. Maybe a screen. A cyborg fish? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, a a screen, you know how sometimes you can put, like, swimming fish, something that's relaxing to look at if you're sitting here. Um, I'm not against the fish, though. You know how people put, like, a fire on their TV, like a picture of a fire? (gasps) Wow. I mean, do we want a screen in here? But something like that might be interesting. Mm -hmm. And then we take suggestions, too. Sure. I mean, that's the big thing is making it, what people, what people want. want you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great space. And I like our use of color, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Jill has added some fantastic pops of color that are just really fun. It's and getting there. We got a little, hard, a little plant and, section that we're working on. I got to get some yeah. plant lights. I mean, I don't like the... So apparently Jill's looking for grow lights. Yeah, I'm going to get some grow lights because I had a window with plants and I don't have a window. So, but um, I'm leaving them. I am going to get a light for that. For So I think a little plant section is nice. Mm-hmm. And um, although I don't like the dust there, I would like to, I don't know what I would do with it. Tear mm-hmm. it down, cover it. Well, we can work on that. Yeah. Maybe put Maybe some uh, nice pictures or frames on the well, fabric if, part. Well, if you get rid of the dust parts and you leave the partition... 
Yeah, that's what you I know? was thinking. Would hang, mm-hmm. you know, Could do some something vines there. or something on it, or. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what we need. A divider. I was thinking about that, like a. Because, if I'm in my office yeah. meeting with someone, and say, Aaron would like somebody would like to come in here and have a conversation, because I have a, a noise machine. If we had a little divider, so when someone is leaving, they don't necessarily have to be seen. Or what happened during drill, a lot of us were in here, and uh, somebody came in and said, I need you to meet with someone. So I went to my office. And so it would be nice just to have a little divider for some privacy if we're doing like a meditation group. You don't want to walk by looking for help and then having 18 eyeballs on you. And we've spent... A lot yeah. of our own money. I've, I've looked up some dividers and prices and stuff like that. So, you know. And that's it, why I wanted to get the word out there on this because, yeah. you know, there, there's things. Every, everybody has something. Yeah. Around might, that might be getting be rid of something. Might be able to make something. A, Maybe somebody right. handy here could make us right. a little mm-hmm. a, a folding carpet, divider. A carpet, you know, for the floor. Maybe some kind of thing. Carpet uh, on the floor would be nice. You got some good ideas. You should be like an interior decorator. Oh, you know, I miss PA my guy. calling. I miss my mm-hmm. calling. You got lots of callings. I like the idea of an area rug. Uh, you know, maybe uh, you walk through the beads. Remember, you know, like, we're all about from the same era. You oh, know? yeah. yeah. curtains. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we need some pillows for our friend over here so she can... What you need in what here is... a little hanging thing? <laughs> you know what I need some black lights in here and some vintage uh, Jimi Hendrix posters. Ooh, nice. what about a, a, lo- a lava lamp? Lava lamp. Well, we had one of our, in our brainstorming session, we were, uh, we were thinking about like words, we were trying to have, again, the, the name have intention, and we had come up with grow, and then we were like, we can't call it the grow room. <laughs> no, no, not in the military. Get a lot of people kicked out. Yeah. Like, but we like it. Yeah, so, maybe no black So, light. yeah, I grow just. bunker, maybe. Grow bunker. It's been really fun. I mean, Aaron's been here a while, a really long time, and, I, and I've been here a little bit, but it's been, for the first time for me, it's been really nice to have an inviting... I mean, I've always enjoyed my offices and, tr- and tried to make them inviting for people, but it's been nice to have this kind of space to invite people and to connect and... To see them enjoy themselves and to be able to have several people in here if we want it's i feel like it's added definitely added to my my job and my my own morale here having this to offer to offer to people that's great that's great nice yeah, work being able to, to to put it with things that we love mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm excited about the the thing. So, yeah, if anybody has any suggestions. I also have told leaderships and first sergeants. First sergeants are already kind of scheduled out for a while. But I told them, like, have your meeting over here during drill. I said to leadership, I've actually had a couple meetings in here with leadership that have had to have maybe some hard conversations with people. And this has been a really nice space for that. So I've also encouraged People like, hey, if you need to use this space for something, let us know. And that's been really, really effective and, and just a non threatening, neutral, relaxing space sure. to have conversations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
Thank you. Come see the Zenjun. Yes. And we'll revisit with you guys in okay. a bit and see, uh, see, the know, progress. see the progress. Awesome. Thank you. Nice job. Thank you. Before we go, here's a bit of a preview of our other podcast, Chevron's. From junior enlisted to senior leaders and those in between, we interview notable individuals to address everyday challenges and hurdles the enlisted force faces. On this episode, we turn the microphone around and interview Chief Master Sergeant Sean Sullivan, Massachusetts State Command Chief and co-host of the Chevron's podcast. We talk about his vision for the enlisted force in the state and cover a few of the great initiatives being developed to enhance the careers of the enlisted force. So I just had the opportunity to get back from Blackland. Uh, went down there for the Command Chief Master Sergeant course. It was a good course, but um, the, there was something, there was a take home for me, something that resonated to my very core. Having come from the Marine Corps as far as enlisted uh, basic training, I had never witnessed a Air Force graduation from BMT. Ah. Never had that opportunity. Uh, so our class went. Pretty cool, and right? I tell you, um, I'm not afraid, not afraid to admit it. I got choked up four or five times and I almost cried. It was the single most moving experience I have ever had in my life. And afterwards, we were allowed to go uh, amongst the recruits, which was really fantastic. So our class is going around and we're talking to these, these brand new graduated airmen, seeing the enthusiasm, the hope, just the joy, the pride, their families. You know, we're taking, we're grabbing the cameras from moms and dads and taking pictures, you know, for them. Uh, the one airman standing at the position of parade rest. I didn't even realize I had to tap him for him to talk to me. I'm sitting there, standing there talking to him. He's a parade rest looking at me. And I'm like, and one of the chiefs comes up and whispers in my ears, you have to tap him or he has to stay like, I'm like, really? You know, I, I tapped him out and you know, learned all about that. Thanks for listening to The Seagull. Spring is sprung and the warm weather is nearly here. Take some time to enjoy the nicer weather. Maybe invite a wingman to take a walk at lunch or after work. See you in May. For more news from the 102nd Intelligence Wing, visit our website at www.102iw.ang.af.mil links or search for 102iw on any major social media platform.